What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome back to another episode of the King's Pulse Podcast. My name is Brendan Nunez. Got Rich Ivanowski on here as usual. How you doing, Rich? I'm doing good, man. How are you, Brendan? I'm doing good. I'm pretty excited for this episode we got today, Rich. Yeah, I think it's a, it's a fun concept. We got some really good feedback from uh, the Twitter sphere and Reddit sphere about uh, the contract talks. So yeah, how would you explain what we're about to do? So I think it's a which contract would you rather. So we're going to play a little bit of a would you rather pretty much game with a couple different NBA contracts. And obviously a good amount of them will be the Kings to kind of compare how we feel compared to the rest of the league. But I felt like this was a good way to uh, experiment with the new contracts in an actual situation, comparing them to not only other new ones, but previous contracts as well. And gauge how you feel about the players, what they're worth a little bit. Yeah, for sure. We'll throw some of the new contracts in there, but we're not going to restrict it to that either. And uh, definitely going to get some Kings guys in there. Although I will say it's kind of hard with Kings players. Uh, outside of the contracts they just signed, pretty much everybody, yeah, everyone's either on an expiring deal or a rookie scale deal. So those kind of don't even feel like real comparable contracts unless you're you know basically saying I'd rather I'd rather have this second year player against that second year player or I'd rather have this contract that's expiring versus that expiring contract which just becomes kind of is this player better or worse than the other player yeah I'm with you and I didn't do any of those because I felt like it was a little too complicated and what we were going for was just kind of contracts so I mean there was the new guys like you know Deadman, Barnes, Ariza, Joseph um, I have Belly on one of them so I, I think we can still throw some kings in here also yeah sounds good man uh, is there a particular starting place you wanted to to kick it off at maybe we start with the higher contracts and we can kind of digress a little bit I like that. I actually had on my list here, so we haven't seen each other's lists of, of questions, so it should be kind of instant reaction, you know, just take your take your pulse on it. But that's how my list starts off as well. And I even even in a would you rather situation, I kinda want to start it off with a general question that's not this or that. It's just is there anyone who's got a worse contract? in this league than John Wall? No. Okay, totally agree. There's cool. no worse one. It's starting this year, that five-year extension. Yep. All right. We have uh, we have a consensus. Yeah. Or it's a it's a four-year con- it's a four-year extension this starting this year. Okay. My apologies. Still a disaster. Yeah. 
I believe it's about 120, yeah, 120 million. You know, it's interesting because he's only 28 years old. He'll be 29 in a month. Uh, you know, I most. see four years, 171 million. Okay. Oh, you know what? That's I'm, what I'm looking at. Isn't counting. It's only guaranteed, so it's not counting that the player option. Player option. Yeah. yeah. Goodness gracious. With Forty-seven million. Yeah. So that I mean, what's kind of crazy is let's all right. So let's for a second here, because I think that Chris Paul, his contract is almost all right. All right. All right. I'm gonna really, I'm gonna really talk this out because I think Chris Paul's contract might actually be worse. But you think it's kind of no contest? I don't think it's a contest. I mean, I'm higher than on Paul than most people. I know he's 34, but I, I just Wall is so reliant on athleticism and the second injury of this before he's gonna see the floor again. I just, yeah. Uh, I mean, I think Chris Paul's easily better. All right. So, yeah. Man. Well, all right. Let's look at it like this. In 21-22, Chris Paul will be making $44 million. John Wall will be making basically the same thing, just a little bit, a hair less. But John Wall will be 31 Chris only. Paul 36. Chris Paul 36. Is that Does that make any difference? <laughs> yes. Well, he'll, be 30, I mean, he'll be 37, Chris Paul. Yeah, wow. I mean, the only thing about me is that I feel like Chris Paul, obviously he's a great passer, great shooter, and that is going to age. I mean, he's going to be slower. He's going to be way less useful, but I think he still will be able to have an impact. And I mean, the defense isn't going to be there like it is now, and even that is clearly falling off. I just, John Wall's too big of a question mark for me. Yeah, I'll agree. I think it is, I think the worst contract in the league is John Wall. And, uh, Man, in my head, I thought he was a little bit older than that, but it's, it's pretty wild. The injury thing, obviously, it's not that John Wall is just a disaster of a player. It's, it's the injury thing that come at the worst time right before the extension kicks in. And yeah, like you said, you know, I mean, so much of his game is reliant on athleticism and not skill, uh, skill and finesse and, and craft from the outside. He, he just needs to, He's going to lose so much if he doesn't come back. Uh, he was already losing a little bit of his athleticism and not, you know, not putting himself in a place to succeed with the conditioning. He came in out of shape in the start of last <laughs> the year. USA picture. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it was starting to, he was starting to decline. And then, yeah, obviously it's only going to get worse. That yeah. is rough. But Chris Paul. So I figure another question, and just to roll with this, Chris Paul, and then um, I'll kick it over to you for the next the next yeah. one. But put Westbrook in comparison <laughs> to Paul, just because this I is obviously everyone's talked about this, right? Yeah, of course. I had the same question for you, and I think that uh, in a vacuum, I mean, because the way that we're doing this is just individual player. There's no fit of anything. Um, I would. It, it's Westbrook. He's a better player. It's one more year of the same contract. It's going to be a whole lot of money. But Westbrook is 30 years old. Chris Paul's 34. Um, Westbrook's just a better player. I mean, same money. Westbrook's just better. Yep. Agreed. Yeah. So 
to go with a different one here. I got a different point guard. I have Steph Curry. There's a five years, 201 million. There's three years left on that. And Kevin Durant, four years, 164 with that injury concerns. So Steph is actually, yeah, he's the highest paid player yeah. this year. Pretty impressive. I don't know. Has there, has anyone ever made 40 million in one season before? No, that is a first, actually. I remember reading that. That's really impressive. Uh, I think he's actually an awesome player to be to be making that yeah. that first forty million dollar contract. Obviously a legend. Obviously very deserving of that. Stayed with his, the same team his whole career. So that's how you get to that level. But uh, I don't have a but. I, okay. I mean, the, I mean, I guess you could say but. He's obviously a villain in the eyes of much of Sacramento, but. But no, I, I I think that if anyone in this league deserves forty million dollars, it's Steph Curry. You know, LeBron is amazing as well. But uh, you know, when you change teams and knock yourself out of those eligibilities, yeah, it's, it's on you. Yeah, I meant more of a but compared to the Durant contract. This is no contest for me. I, okay, it's n- no question, it's Curry. I am actually prefer. the exact same way as you. I thought that there might be a little bit more debate, but I know actually you and I are big fans of Curry also, and it's just. Curry's impact on the entire floor on the offensive end is insanity. He's a great passer. He's an underrated finisher. Everybody knows about his shooting, obviously, and leadership's an aspect too. I mean, you look at Steph and KD. KD was probably the better player on the team, but Steph was always clearly the leader. So I think there's a value to that too. Um, I'm the same way with you here. I got Curry. Yeah, and I also don't think that it's really – I am really low on Kevin Durant as compared to pretty much everyone I've talked to. And I get, I get that he's great. Like I, I have, I was not low on him before his, he tore his Achilles. Like I wasn't. And I'm still not low on him in a real life situation. But in comparison to, I feel like everyone is just assuming he's going to come back and be an MVP caliber player again. I, why? Like, what are you basing that on? Like, we have, you know, you can say Dominique Wilkins did it, uh, you know, several decades ago, but other than that, an Achilles is a huge, huge blow to your ability, like, pretty much, yeah. period. Uh, especially for a guy Durant's age, uh, in his 30s now. So, yeah, that's, there's no question here. I mean, if you, yeah. if you untore Durant's Achilles, then this would be a debate. Yeah, I get that. And then, I mean, counted kind of just to counter the KD thing a little bit, I do think that with his length, his handle, and his shooting, he's still going to be effective in that way. Uh, really, I mean, that's going to age. But I do get what you're saying. I mean, obviously, it's not going to be that same MVP level right away. Like, I think a lot of people are expecting. Do you want to go next on – do you want to throw one contract at me next, or should I run off another one? I can go next. If you ever have one that's a part of the one, I guess we're just ending. We're just, you can roll with it. But uh, let me just say also, I heard a really good comparison for Durant because everyone's trying to figure out what he's going to be after the injury and someone threw out a later career Dirk Nowitzki. I think that's a great model for him because he's like a seven footer who is not a center and can shoot it, but is not going to have the athletic burst. I think that's actually a really solid comparison. 
That's interesting. I, I get the size and the shooter. I do think even after the injury, uh, KD will be still a bit faster and more agile than old man Dirk. Yeah, and I, I don't mean like old, old man Dirk, but what's Durant going to be? 32, 31, 32? Uh, I mean more yeah. like, you know, that era of, of Dirk, not like okay. four, not like 40 year old Dirk. That's understandable. Yeah. Uh, I can, I can get behind that a little bit. Yeah. Maybe, maybe, I mean, you know, Dirk was still doing it. I think if, yeah. if, if you don't mind me just looking this up, I think Dirk had 20 points a game when he was 35. Yeah. So, you know, that I'm, I'm talking more that, that 33 to 35 year old Dirk, that feels like the contract you're going to get. Uh, the production you're going to get on this next contract for Durant. Yeah, I totally get that. I mean, I pulled it up here with you too. Of 13 missed All Star game, 14, 15 still made it, still 17 plus points per game. Um, yeah, I mean, it's actually kind of sad. I mean, extremely sad to just think that what we saw of Kevin Durant could be done with because he was one of the most talented players in the league. He was just a such an anomaly like the length of him combined with the athleticism the quick step um all the dribble moves he's just he's amazing to watch it is really sad and i think it's even sadder when you know i'm gonna say that i have a very pessimistic opinion about it i still think he'll be very good so don't get it wrong but i it's very sad because i think that it's that is what has happened like we just we won't get that guy back. He, yeah. he maybe he'll be ninety percent of that, um, but even that's probably tough, you know. Yeah, optimist rich over here. We've just seen it too many times. Um, yeah, I understand. Moving on, he'll be very very good. But yeah. uh, moving on here a little bit. Uh, this one is still staying in these super high contracts. Uh, Blake Griffin or Kevin Love. Okay, so Kevin Love is just starting that contract, right? And he's coming back from that, uh, I believe it was a toe injury. Uh, I mean, the dude has had all types of injuries. Yeah. So yeah. I'm not sure exactly what he's coming back from. Yeah, so, but it's a four year, $120 million contract. Blake Griffin has two, a two plus one left with about $35 million annually. Um, right. I think I'm going Blake. I, I think Blake's just a better player. And uh, Kevin Love would be a better role player. And I like him as fits on certain teams. Like I really like the idea of him at Portland. But just sh straight up, I mean, you're less of a commitment with Griffin. And I think that he's going to have a bit higher impact. Yeah, I, I have the same as well. I think Blake is a little bit better. Uh, he's, he's getting paid significantly more he's getting paid five to seven million dollars more per year uh but that's where i feel like that that one less year on the deal probably uh helps blake a lot there but i'm still i think these are both bad contracts yeah agreed i will say though that blake griffin did really impress me last year i thought that he was playmaking a lot and that pistons team frankly just kind of sucked talent wise and he carried a large load of that team he did. I think that these are both also the comparison here is they're both very injury prone. Yeah. Uh, so it follows. But then the one last guy I got for this high stuff, and I want to ask you between Griffin and Love, is there 
and this is going to be offensive to you probably. Al but Horford. Al Horford. I mean, he's 33. He's got a four-year 109. It's the age thing here. Because, yes, because the so, other guys are so, 30. Exactly. So you got a guy who's basically on the same contract as these guys, a little bit less, you know, a, a hair less than Kevin, five to seven, five to eight mil less than Blake, but three years older. So by the end, and he's on a four on that four year deal. So I think Al Horford straight up is a better version of Kevin Love. Same player, just a better version. It's the same year contract wise. I mean, Kevin yes. Love's is. I mean, no, they're actually about the same money also. They're almost the identical contracts, yeah. Kevin Love and, and Al Horford. And it's one less year, Blake Griffin. I mean, these guys are close to me enough that I think I'm going to let my Horford bias get to me a little bit here. Um, and I think that's where I'm going here. It's really close with Blake Griffin. So so you would you rather have a 37-year-old Al Horford on your team for $30 million? Or a 33-year-old Blake Griffin for 38. That is a really good point. Um, I, I know. I mean, that's just one year uh, of the yeah. contract. So, but I mean, there's a point where this becomes way worse for Horford. But yeah, if you're looking at the life, I can see it. Yeah, I mean, it, it's tough. It's another one of those things where. You know, if I'm starting a team with one guy, I guess I'm taking Blake, but I like Horford as what he does as a player better. Um, but I guess just overall impact. And like you said, with that one year less, I can get behind Blake Griffin. I just like if I have a personal choice as well, a little bit here, I'm probably going Horford. Yeah. I think my point is to kind of put these guys all on the same level. I think that yeah. it's. It's underrated how rough the Horford contract will be. And if the Kings had gotten him, it probably would have been a little bit more. So maybe he is the worst contract of the bunch if it, if it, if he didn't go to the Kings. Like there was some speculation he might. Uh, but yeah, I mean, really the love Horford comparison is really interesting. Horford being three years older, love being a lot more injury prone, but that's, yeah, it's, it's not nuts. I, I don't think. And that was the worst contract I threw into this group from the, from the this year's signings, but um, you got one to, to throw at me next? I do. I have another group, but we'll start with two of them here. Um, what do you think between D'Angelo Russell, four years, $117 million, and Jamal Murray, just starting a four-year, 169 Hmm. That is interesting. Tell me those numbers again. You said Russell's for 100 and... 117. Uh-huh. Starts at 27, ends at 31. Jamal Murray's five-year, 169. Starts at 29. The last Ooh. year is 38 million. Man, that is really a great question. I... They're both. Oof. So yeah. what's the what's the... Is this is this in a vacuum? Uh, be, like you had mentioned this a minute ago. It's yeah, like, but it's close. It's hard, right? Like because yeah. what are we basing this? I mean, yeah. It, say, I guess you're starting a team and, the, and you're picking. If you're a general manager, which contract would you rather have as part of your roster? Are you currently paying off student debt? 
Interested in improving your financial literacy or looking for new ways to earn income in today's ever-changing digital landscape? Well, on the Talk Money with Mesh Lakani podcast, Mesh will follow paper trails, chat with experts, and break down complex ideas to bring clarity to the mystical financial phenomena. Each episode will be filled with compelling stories covering a broad range of subjects, from buying Bitcoin, dealing with student debt, and everything in between. Listen to Talk Money with Mesh Lakani on Spotify or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts and learn how to spend, invest, and earn for today's economy. That's a, that's a good, so it's if you're, if we have no one else on the team to yeah. like say that they're working with or whatever. Yeah, exactly. In a vacuum, I'm going to go with D'Lo because I think Jamal Murray works better on a good team, an already established team with number one, the number one option that's not him. I mean, he's good and everything, but the, the fifth year makes a difference to me. I don't think either guy is really a full max player i think denver needs to hang on to him so it's worth it for them to to give him that probably but at the same time i think i'd rather have delo on a slightly less deal he can come in there he can be my chucker he can be my shot creator just get you know bucket getter and then i can put the right pieces around him i'd, I'd probably roll with that but Jamal Murray, I mean, that's an incredibly close one, and I applaud you for that. I agree with you here, and I think that I honestly don't really like either of these players. Um, I think that Jamal Murray is not a point guard. He's a shooting guard. He doesn't really have playmaking ability. Uh, not yet. I think it could get developed, but I don't like what I see from him yet in that regard. I think it works because Jokic is really the playmaker of that team. And the thing I don't like about D'Lo is he's just so high usage. Like, he's effective when he's running a pick and roll. I think the most ran play in the league last year was a D'Lo, Jared Allen pick and roll. And he's great there. But aside from that, you can't really do anything with D'Lo. I mean, I feel like he's really struggled off ball. Golden State's going to test that a little bit, even though I think he'll have the ball in his hands, Steph Moore running off. Um I think for the same reason as you, a little less money. And if I am building a team, like we said, nobody else on it, I'd rather have D'Lo to start because Murray is more reliant on the other players, I feel like. Right. It would give me probably more of a chance to build, I don't even know, build what I want in the other four positions, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I. It is really tough. And I, I think that these players are both a little bit lucky that yeah. the cap is going to be rising. First of all, to get that money, but the, the teams will be lucky that the cap's going to be rising, uh, expected to be rising significantly over the life of their career and over the life of their contract and that they're so young because you can probably, they're both going to be what, 27 when their contracts are up. That's probably yeah. a tradable contract at that point. If the cap is like, you know, 130, 140 by then, uh, that's not a disaster or anything. So. I, I don't think it's like Wiggins level of dangerous, <laughs> but who, by yeah. the way, we didn't even talk about in the worst contracts because I, for me, I think it's the youth gives it at least a, he's not going to turn into a total zero. I mean, I really enjoy the Timberwolves. I think Wiggins is, he's so useless. I mean, I get what you're saying. There's upside at least a bit there. Uh, one other guy to throw in here, same contract, five year, 169. It's probably easy. Ben Simmons. Yeah, I'll take Ben. I, I know yeah, that it's I like 
I know that it's it's there's the, sh- the shooting thing. Everyone knows that. We get it. But no, I mean he's an incredible specimen in yeah. every other aspect of the game, really. So um, I'll absolutely take them. Yeah, agreed. It's just same age, 22 years old, same five-year, 169. Agreed with you. Um, I think Ben's actually really underrated on the defensive end. That's, yeah, that is huge for him. Um, that's all I had for max guys. I have one step below, but do you have any other max money guys? Most of the guys that I picked going forward are kind of all bargains or are kind of bargains. And then I got one at the very end that's like another weird kind of like two players that are just awful that are making sort of mid-level, but I'm in the mid-level section now, but I do have some guard comparisons here that I can throw at you. Um, let's start with two guys that are on solid deals, prob- probably value deals. You know, we'll see, we'll see I what you might think. have a higher money guy than you, just two of them real quick. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, or two different matchups. And we got our first King. We got Harrison Barnes. Four years, 85 million. And Bojan Bogdanovic, four years, 73 million. 30 years so, old for Bogdanovic, 27 for Barnes. I actually have these guys in my wing, uh, group. So, um, yeah, I am happy to do this one. We kind of did it, uh, when we were doing the small forward preview and the contract wrap up. But I think that Bojan is on a slightly better deal. Yeah. However, however, it's like really, it's kind of one of those things where Boyan will start with a better deal because he's ascending, I think, starting at 17. And then by the end of the deal, I, I believe. The, so yeah, and Barnes will be less than that. So Barnes will actually be a million dollars less than that by the end of their deals. And at that point, Barnes will also, obviously, you know, he's younger as well. So there's no question that. A 31 year old Barnes is going to be a better deal, uh, than a 34 year old yeah. Boyan, uh, for so a million dollars more. The Barnes is front, front loaded because Spotrack has it back loaded. It is, it is fully maximum, maximally front loaded. Okay. So the 8%. Yeah. I can uh, pull up here the, the early exact bird. figures. So <clears throat> yeah, I'm using early bird. Uh, big shouts to our friend of the podcast and former guest, uh, hopefully to be future guest again soon. Uh, Jeff Siegel, he got this locked in. He, he doesn't even put stuff in the website until he reads the official league report about it. He he needs to see it in ink. He's not putting up rumors or, uh, you know, reports. He's, he's waiting for the actual official announcements from the teams. So Barnes is going to start off way high. At 24 million, which is to me, like for sure, I'd rather have Boyan at 17, right? Yes. But then as it declines, Barnes will be 18.35 in his yep. fourth year. So yeah, I, I think that you can really debate this. And with the age factor, I mean, I think it'll split down the middle, like two to two. Like it, what's the better value? I think that Boyan might win the first two years and Barnes might win the second two, uh, the, the, the latter two years. Agreed. And I think Bojan being a little less money might be enough for me to push him, for, to push him over for me instead of Barnes. Um, the difference is Barnes has defense and Bojan has playmaking ability. He was number one option on Indiana last year. Um, they were not a good offensive team when he was the number one option, but he was forced to do it when Depot went down. 
Barnes, we kind of saw him as a number one option in Dallas. It was not pretty. I mean, the difference is efficiency on offense, uh, but Barnes has the defense. I think the little less money uh, overall is going to push me Bojan if I'm just starting a team. In regards to the Kings, very happily keep Barnes. But for the sake of this exercise, I think Bogdanovich got a little bit here. Agreed. I think he wins by a hair. Yeah. And do you have other guys to throw in this tier? Yeah. Um, all right. Let's let's just jump fully to – so the the rest of my guys all range from 10 to 20 million. Okay. So I'm, we're fully in that that wheelhouse. Would you rather <clears> – <throat> excuse me. Would you rather me go guards and then wings and then centers or should do we just want to jump all around here or – uh, I could we could stick with guard or, or stick with the wings right now. Um, let's just jump around a little bit because I got some weird ones to throw at you too. Okay, um, I've got a series of questions on. All right, I, I, I've got this is the one I was going to give to you. It's it's two guards. It's kind of a point guard shooting guard thing, but you can be the you can decide here. Spencer Dinwiddie or Marcus Smart. Ooh, I had a feeling Smart was in this for some reason. Okay, well, so we gotta test. We gotta test you here. We gotta test your reliability. Listen, I like dogs of defenders and guys oh that get it done. Marcus <laughs> is my guy. Four this years, is... fifty-two million. There's three years left on that. About twelve million each. Oh my god. Spencer Dinwiddie, three years, thirty-four million. Dinwiddie's a better player. Um. I like Marcus's impact, but the way that we're doing this exercise, Dinwiddie is a better player. I think Dinwiddie was even debatably better than D'Lo last year. Um, he yeah. He's an exceptional player, so I got to go Dinwiddie, even though you're testing me here. I'm testing you, but their, their contracts are very, very similar. That's why yeah. I put them out here. Uh, I believe they're within $5 million of each other, and they're both three years long, assuming that Dinwiddie picks up that player option, which actually isn't a guarantee at all. So that's, that's very true. You know, there's a factor there. He may decline that and want more money. Yeah. You know, I have two more guards that we could throw in here, actually. All so right. Let's, have... let's stick with guards. So I've got, I've got a, a, about five more we could just touch on. Okay. So I, I say we throw the king in here. Let's go Corey Joseph. Maybe yeah, I can... was just going to put Joseph in this mix and, and ask if he's on this level with smart I think he's actually below. Um, okay. I, I think that Smart kind of just does what Joseph does better. I think that's totally fair. But I'd see it as like I couldn't find someone as a better match. So yeah. I see it as you know Joseph being maybe 80% of the value of Smart on a similar deal. Yeah, he was good enough that we mentioned him in this group. And he's on. he has that partial guarantee in the third year. So it's not – yeah, he's it, absolutely in this group. And this one's more money, but it depends how you feel about the player. Um, Eric Bledsoe, four years, seventy million dollars. I tr- I thought about putting him in this group as well. He is he is a little bit more. What is it about? Maybe five million more a year than this group. Yeah, fifteen to start, and then rising up to nineteen. The other ones are looking at about ten, twelve. Right. Um, so yeah, to me, I like Bledsoe. I think he's very good. I think he's very solid. Um, I think that's that contract's just a hair too rich, and I think that the Smart and Dinwiddie group is a hair 
of a bargain. And I think Corey Joseph's pretty close to being on the money. So I, I don't know. I, I think I might rather have Joseph than Bledsoe considering really? the money difference. Well, considering the, the third yeah. year as well. Yeah. So let me pull up Bledsoe's exact deal here. It's going to be close for me. Yes. Yeah. Bledsoe's got an extra year as well. So yeah. uh, Are you seeing a partial guarantee on that final year? I'm not. What is the, okay. The only reason I I do agree that early bird is definitely more reliable. The only reason I go spot track is because it's easier to track individual players. I'm right. I'm bouncing all around a bunch of them. Basketball reference has a fully uh, articulated list of every player in the league sortable, but it doesn't show. Okay. Uh, the guarantee side of that. Okay. Okay. So I do see the non-guarantee. I don't know oh, the the amount. And that I not do. I okay. I don't either. So I see this. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. I I I genuinely don't know. But let's say it's let's assume that it's a small guarantee. Yep. In that case, I'm gonna say I still prefer Joseph. Because he is going to be about ten million dollars cheaper across just the three year length, and that third year is essentially optional. Dinwiddie's at the top of this list, and Marcus and Bledsoe, I guess, get a little close. Um, I think I'm still going Bledsoe though. If I'm starting a team, I think Bledsoe's another guy that liked Dinwiddie. He was really freaking good last year. I think he was debatably better than Middleton during the year. Um, he was a great defender, a playmaker. The big asterisk is he just has disappeared in the playoffs. This is the second year in a row um, against the legend, Scary Terry. You know, that uh, on a complete, really quick different note, I saw a picture today of the best player from each team, and I saw Terry Rozier's face on the Hornets, and oh, I just died way. laughing. But what's crazy is that's true. It is. It is. It's terrible. It's the worst team in the league. But I think that I'm taking Bledsoe. I like Bledsoe as a player. Um, so I'm going Dinwiddie, Bledsoe, Smart, and then Joseph. Yeah, I won't fault you. I, I also like Joseph as a player. I, yeah. I do too. I do too. I, let's all, all agree that Dinwiddie's on the top of this whole little group. And then from there, it's, it's really debatable. Even with Smart, honestly, I, I think that it's debatable. Uh, he, you know, he does what Joseph does a little bit better, but he's also got that third year guarantee. It's, it's really close. All of them feel like pretty tradable contracts. My concern with Bledsoe is that in that fourth year, if he doesn't play well, he'll be 33 and that doesn't feel like a super tradable contract or a third or fourth year. So that's fair. And it is another guy that is a little bit reliant on athleticism and strength as well. Um, and I do want to mention, I mean, I, I have Joseph at the bottom of these guys, but like we said, I think he is a great deal. I don't want to bash on Joseph at all. I really like him as a player. I think it's the great fit for Sacramento, exactly what we needed. And maybe it's a little bit of an overpay, but I'm totally comfortable with this contract. Right. I think they overpaid in the same way that the Bucks overpaid in some ways. It's just like, hey, we need a point guard and uh, we think this guy can get it done. So yeah, we'll do it. But yeah, uh, I've got another guy here. Uh, kind of, this is kind of similar. Um, just it's kind of a rough transition, but heading over to Indiana where Brogdon went, uh, interesting that they would pay Bledsoe and not Brogdon, but uh, 
I actually want to ask about Oladipo, and mm-hmm. I want to I want to ask because these two these two contracts are very very similar. Uh, Oladipo with the injury stuff, or Gary Harris. Oh, okay, hold on. Let me get Gary Harris up here, and I think I'm still going Oladipo even before seeing these numbers. Four years, eighty-four. Three years left, starting at about eighteen, ends at twenty. He's only twenty-four years old. Victor Oladipo has these injury concerns. Um, this is the second year in a row, actually. Yeah. But his work ethic and the a level of player that he can be compared to Gary Harris, I have faith in him to return to that. Um, maybe it's a little blind faith of me, but there's only two years left, and I just really like Oladipo as a player. I think he's a great leader. He's clutch, plays both ends. Um, I'm going Depot. I will go Depot as well because of the upside that if he does return to being the player he was, but I'll state this for the record now and people can destroy me later if I'm wrong about this, but I've heard from many people much more educated than myself around the injury, uh, cons- you know, around the injury concern that that he has looked really bad uh, com- trying to come back from this thing. And it has – that he lost something. And there are people that are more medically inclined and, you know, understand that stuff far more than I do that are worried that he lost something and he can't get it back. And I'm not saying that he's going to be a bad player, but I'm saying that he could come down to that Gary Harris level. And at that point, I think this does become a better debate. Yeah, and I understand that. Um you know, another guy to throw in here who I don't think you're a very big fan of is uh, Sacramento-linked Zach Levine. Four years, $78 million, but there's three years left, uh, 19 and a half each year. Yep, I had him on my list actually next, and uh, I'm not a fan of him. I prefer Oladipo or Harris by a decent amount, and I actually had here a, a, a question between Levine and Fournier for you as well. Evan Fournier. Um, I don't know how much I really like Fournier. I think that he's kind of a bad contract. Um, but I guess what two years left? There's 17 million both of the years. I like Levine, especially if I'm building a roster from the start. Um, I like Levine more than you do. I think he was actually fairly impressive this year, uh, playmaking a little bit. And yeah, I, I would I would go Levine here. But then compared to Oladipo and Gary Harris, um, it, it really gets interesting. Um, I mean, you're knocking me down with this Oladipo hearing about his injury, but I kind of still want to put him at the top and then Levine Harris. So for me, this is, this is a, a big separation between these two groups. And when I wrote these on my question sheet, I didn't have them associated in my mind at all because I felt like it was Oladipo and Harris are solid contracts and Levine and Fournier are bad contracts. So in my mind, I'd prefer Fournier because he's a year less and a few million dollars less than Levine. I don't like the Levine contract at all. Yeah, I mean, but Fournier, like, I don't, I mean, he shoots well, but there's a reason that Orlando really struggles on offense. I don't think that it's on him, but I just don't love him on that side. And I don't like the effort that he has on the defensive end. Um, yeah. And then the Levine contract, I just don't feel the same way as you do. I think that 
He's, I just think that he's a better player. I think that he's going to progress and 20 million or 19 and a half each year doesn't feel terrible to me. I mean, 46% from the field, 37% from the, from deep, 82% from the line on 27 points, four and four. I, I like, I liked what I saw from Levine last year. And I think that his playmaking will take a jump. I'm, I'm just a little higher on him than you are. Yep. We are definitely. Definitely split there for sure. I, I do not like the end of the contract. He had an incredible start of the year uh, because he was the only player on that team that ever took a shot, and his usage was insane. Uh, and uh, he cooled off, and he just isn't as good as just isn't as good as people think that he is, in my opinion. So, uh, great fantasy basketball player, uh, not <laughs> not great IRL player, terrible defender. Uh, That's fair. Yeah. I, if I'm starting a team, Zach Levine is of no interest to me on that okay. contract. Um, another guy to throw in here is – actually, I have a couple others, but I feel like we're going to get lost with a lot of different names here. Um, so maybe I'll just throw a pair at you of Robert Covington, four years, $46 million. There's three years left on it, $11 million. I think he's a great player, but there's a little bit of injury concern. Compared to Danny Green, a two-year, thirty million dollars contract. That's a good one. They're both kind of the same um, type of players here. Obviously, three and D guys, both all defensive players at some point, and lights out three-point shooters. I'm gonna go Covington. He's got the the lower contract, and he's significantly younger, right? About five years younger. He is four years younger. And the only concern with me with Covington would be this injury where in Minnesota, like nobody really knew what was happening last year. Um, it was rumored that he was going to come back and then just nobody was hearing anything. So there's a little bit of a question mark there, but I do think that Covington is still one of the better contracts in the league, actually. Agreed. And I think that sometimes this is, this can be a misleading way to do it, but. Uh, because it does add context, which we're trying to avoid. But sometimes it's interesting to think, would this trade happen for all these? And I think that the Lakers would trade Danny Green for Robert Covington in a super hot second. That's a really interesting way to look at it. And I, I totally agree. You know, to throw one more guy in here, um, what do you think of Josh Richardson? There's It's a four-year 42, but there's three years left, uh, 10 to 11 million each year player option on the last year he is 25 so three years younger yeah. than Covington. that's a great one as well he's another guy that i have on here actually and uh i actually had this group i actually i threw winslow in there as well um, interesting connection with richardson through miami and then they're on a very similar deal winslow three years at 13 per um and yeah, I'd prefer Richardson to Covington, I think, just by just by a hair. I think that the age probably does it for me and the lack of injury concern. And then I, I think that Winslow is probably a step below both of these guys, but yeah. Just a name I wanted to throw into the mix there. Is he is Winslow below Danny Green? Now we're doing some calculus. So you're saying okay, so we got twenty three years old for Justice we, Winslow. I have Richardson above Covington, above Green. And then Winslow, where are we going to stick him into this equation? I have the first two same as you as well. Richardson, Covington, 
and then I'm going mm. green and then Winslow. I actually am a little confused with the Winslow hype popping back up. I know he played point guard in Miami and kind of is nice with the rock in his hands, plays good defense. I just, I still question it a little bit. So based on our rules, I'll probably put Winslow above Danny Green and possibly above Covington. I, I will. I'll put him above Covington. And the reason I'm going to do this is yeah. that if I'm, if our, if our context is, if our rules are, you're starting a team. Yeah. Then it's like definitely with Green. Green's not doing anything for no. you as the first piece on a team. He's a auxiliary piece. He's like the final piece on a team. You know, so I feel like that's kind of weird to do with these role players. I agree with you. But I feel like that's a weird way to value these role players. So maybe w- since we're getting to these kind of mid-level contracts, we do that trade idea that you had. I think that that's a good way to value them. I think we kind of got to do it both because we can't. Okay. We can't put the total context of would the Lakers rather have Danny Green or Justice Winslow because then it, it gets too specific. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. So I agree with you though. I mean, Winslow has the upside. He's twenty-three. First piece. I'm I'm definitely taking Winslow. Uh Richardson first. And then Yeah, I mean the way that we're going, Winslow, Covington, Green. Do I think that uh Covington Winslow swap would happen? No, because I think Covington is uh better. Like we said, one of the better contracts in the league. The yeah, the Winslow Danny Green one's just weird for I think Miami does it. Uh do I think that the Lakers do it? Probably not. Yeah, I think that when I'm put, I can't not put Winslow above Green, uh, with the what a decade of age difference, and then uh, because you got to think of multiple years on the deal as well for each player, and then for Covington, you know, I think that it's unquestionable that Covington is the better player, unquestionable. However, yeah, older injury concerns. I think even the Timberwolves would take Winslow for Covington. Just considering his age matches up with Carl uh, Anthony Towns better, uh, I think that it's it's really close, and I, I would give the edge to Winslow just just more towards our discussion of who would you start the team with, and it's really close. And I feel bad because I think that Covington is legitimately a Defensive Player of the Year candidate. Yes. I think he's legitimately, unquestionably, a better player than Winslow. But Winslow, three years from now. I think could be in the prime of his career on a value deal at around 13 million. And I think that pretty much any team, there's very low risk that contract. Whereas Covington with the injuries, a little bit older, obviously not going to fall off a cliff by the end of it, but it's not, it's not completely risk free. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with you. Um, I have a couple overpays here or do you have anyone else you want to throw into this? Maybe. This is a weird one, and I, I think that he's significantly lower. Um, does uh, does slow mo? Does Kyle Anderson get anywhere in this conversation on his uh, MLE from Memphis on around nine to ten million here? Um, I mean, okay, so starting a team, he's twenty five, and that contract is nice. So starting a team, I would take him over Danny Green. Uh, but compared to still have Josh Richardson over him, I would still have Covington over him and I, mm-hmm, Justice Winslow and Kyle Anderson. That's the most interesting, but 
a $4 million difference is probably going to make me lean Kyle Anderson. Yeah, I, from, yeah, I, I kind of threw him in here as an afterthought. I, I do have him lower than the rest of those guys, but yeah. I think he could, he had a tough year and Memphis had a weird year as well. So he could pop into this conversation later on. Agreed. Yeah, it, it was a very questionable year and fit a little bit in Memphis. We'll see how he transitions with them getting a little bit younger. Uh, two guys that I have as kind of overpays here, bad contracts, uh, but not necessarily. I guess I kind of just forgot them out of the max money just to throw these two in here. Uh, Jimmy Butler just signed four year 141 and DeMar DeRozan. Uh, there are two years left at 27 million apiece. Huh. They're different uh, ones here. They're kind of, it's very different. I think that Jimmy's a better player. Uh, they're both 29 years old. I think that Jimmy's a better player, but do you want him for four years where you're paying him $37 million when he is 33 years old and he has Thibodeau legs on him? I mean, that's, that's a legitimate concern. Or DeMar DeRozan, whose game, uh, doesn't quite fit the modern NBA, still be effective, but there's only two years left on that player option, not this year, but next 27.7 million. It's a re- this is a really good litmus test for what type of franchise are you? Which would you prefer? Because if you are a big market team with the potential to add max free agents, that I think that you probably prefer DeRozan because that money is going to come off the books soon. And, you know, even Philly, I'm not even sure Philly wanted to keep Butler. Uh, He's he. I don't think that you want Butler on a five-year or, or even a four-year deal at this point in his career for the full max. Uh, but if you are comfortable with, if you if you feel like you you just need that marquee player, you you would prefer Butler because he is so much better. Yeah, I think that's a really good way to put it, actually, and. I just really like Jimmy Butler. I think that if you did it right, building on one of these two players, I think Jimmy would have the better outcome. Uh, it's definitely scary toward the end, but I think that you could get the right role players around him that really carry the first three quarters, and then Jimmy Butler can take over in that fourth. Um, and you still have you still have okay money to work with. I mean, it's definitely not great. Don't get me wrong. Thirty-seven million. Like I said, he's thirty-three. Thibodeau legs. Uh. I just like him better Thibodeau than likes, I like Tamar. Yeah. It's a thing, really? though. Like, no, I, mean, I know. It's crazy to have to consider that. But everywhere he went, Chicago and then even Minnesota, I guess he spent, what, a year in Minnesota. Right. But, yeah, I think um, – I, I totally agree with what you're saying because I think if you had Tamar as your guy, you're kind of where the Spurs are now, where you're – if you're in the East, I guess you're, what, a six seed fighting for that. If you're in the West, if you have one other guy, maybe you're fighting for an eight, but you'd just be waiting for the contract to end. Uh, or or you're like San Antonio, because I'm, I'm thinking in that perspective, they probably won't land any max players, but they also are very confident in their ability to to make something with with without a max player. So yeah. you know what I mean? So yeah. I, I think that even if you're the kings in this scenario, you'd prefer DeRozan because, just because – You've got enough pieces where it's like, you know what? We've got a team. Um, we'll bring on, we prefer to Rosen. We'll get some usefulness out of him before he starts to age out of his contract. 
and we won't be bound by you know if you have Jimmy Butler on this Kings team at this point you probably will need to you know hopefully you you can win a championship in the next few years because then you're going to need to start trading a ton of yeah. pieces away so a kind of interesting one to do this with would be if you're from the Spurs point of view would you trade DeRozan for Jimmy Butler I probably would, actually. I think so. I think that part of it is the DeMar Aldridge fit. I don't think it's great. Um, Yeah, I mean, because San Antonio's kind of in this trying to win now, it feels like, even though they necessarily shouldn't. I, I guess, to take that back a little bit, they do have really nice young guys. DeJounte Murray was one of the youngest, if not the youngest, uh, all-defensive player. Derek White was damn good in his own right. Um, I just think that I probably would from the Spurs point of view. I think that Jimmy could take you further and you have Aldridge with you anyways. Yeah, I, we, we can get off this, but I, I'm going yeah. back and forth just because I do feel the Spurs are super confident. Uh, like I was saying a minute ago in their ability to create something out of nothing. They just do it all the time. They do it with second round picks. Fair. They do it with lot, you know, late lottery picks. They do it with late first rounders. I bet you, Pop would say, "Hey, I have no interest in this guy. He's not a team player. Uh, you know, he's got whatever attitude issues. He's going to scream at, scream at the owners, scream at the coach. I'm not having that. And I'd rather have my guy. I we love Demar because uh, I know San Antonio does. And you know, we, we got our guy. We got him for two more years. Maybe we'll get him to take a a, a sweetheart stay at home deal for ten million a year after that because that's what we do." That's how we, that's, we get discounts like that, even though we're a small market. Uh, and we got, listen, we got Lonnie Walker coming. We got Derek White coming. We got DeJounte Murray coming. Don't worry about it. I agree. I don't think that that Spurs organization would do it. I guess I more so meant if I was running the Spurs roster for whatever reason. Pop obviously would not be a fan of myself. Um, do you have other guys that you maybe want to throw in this group? I know I kind of switched it up again and went max, actually. So what direction do you want to take this? Um, that's... Cool. I am done with my guards. And then, um, so I've got, we talked a little bit of, Bar- we talked Barnes, Boyan. Uh, we worked Covington, Winslow, Slow Mo into another small forward conversation. Last small forward section here. Uh, then I got just three questions on bigs. La- this, and this is unique. So don't, no need to mesh this in with the small forward conversation we had before, but, uh, this is just kind of specific to the Suns. Would you rather have Ubre on his two-year, $30 million deal or the contract they traded away, they paid to trade away, which actually isn't a bad contract in my opinion, TJ Warren on a three-year, about $35 million deal? Hmm. The Suns' point of view, you're probably taking upside, and I think I like Ubre's a little bit more there. Um, yeah, and I think if I'm doing in a vacuum, uh, first player on our, uh, roster, I think that I'm going Ubre too, because it's only two years of that 15 million. I mean, we did say he was one of the bigger overpays, um, and TJ Warren, it's only, what, four million less, and you have him for one more year. I guess he's a nice role player. Like, I don't think Indiana would swap him for Ubre. Uh, but I also don't think that Phoenix would do that swap either. Yeah, that's probably fair. I mean, they, we know that 
that Phoenix feels yeah. that way, I suppose. Uh, and I agree that that's how that's how Indiana would do it as well. They would keep TJ Warren. Let me ask you this: um, Ubre and TJ Warren shot a very similar volume of threes last year. Without looking, can you try to guess the three point percentages between the two? And they're both they both shot high, uh, they, around five three point attempts a game. Okay, um, Ubre is somewhere low thirties. Let's go thirty. 30- Two percent. Um, TJ Warren is higher. He had a really weird year. Say, but I don't think it's that amazing. Thirty six, thirty seven. So you're right on with the Ubre. Thirty two point five percent. TJ Warren hit forty two point eight percent. Wow! Holy crap! Big, right? Wow. Okay. I mean, I knew he improved. I didn't realize it was freaking forty two percent on five attempts. Yeah, on four point two attempts, but they were they both were around. Yeah, still, yeah, in that. yeah. And, and I will say this is the question with him. So previous to that, yeah, he shot only twenty eight point three percent going back across the four previous years, and that's on a, a decent sample size as well. Uh, though obviously not going to shoot it as much when you're not hitting it. But yeah, so the question is what has happened here, and we we got to bring Tim, Tim Maxwell on to discuss yeah. it because he has like a full blown man crush on T.J. Warren. I have heard about this. He's he's uh, Arizona based, right? He is. Uh, he does not share the same love for Ubre though. <laughs> I I understand that, and two other wings that I'll throw in here. I think they might be different, so I just had them side by side. Um, Andre Iguodala, who's being looked at as a very negative contract, uh, still show he can have big impact come playoffs, but regular season, he's not going to play all the time. 35 years old, one year, 17 million, compared to the newly signed Sacramento King, Trevor Ariza, two years, 25 million, partial guarantee year two. Man, I will take, <laughs> it's hard for me to get this out. I will take Ariza. Oof, okay. I will take Ariza, and here's why. Andre Iguodala basically doesn't play in the regular season. Trevor sure. Ariza, as we've noted, played like like 3,000 minutes last year and every year yeah. forever. So, I mean, I, until the Kings make the playoffs, you know, the regular season is still what matters to this team. So I will take the odds that Ariza actually gives them you know, two thousand. I mean, that, he won't. Even, they won't even need that much from him. But fifteen hundred real valuable minutes without injury concern, without him falling apart at all, and with him giving effort. Because I think that even Andre Iguodala has essentially said in interviews, you know, it's it's a little bit. He's not going to come out and say this directly, but he says something like, you know, I'm a, I'm, you know, I'm a June, you know, I, I'm a six week player, you know, that sort of thing. I think that may have been. Uh, quoted to Draymond, but he's come out and said things like that. Like, you know, I save, you know, essentially saving yeah. it up and, you know, he's, he's not a spring chicken and, and maybe a reason it isn't either, but I mean, at least we see a reason to play in the regular season and, and play pretty well as, you know, as well. I agree with your analysis there. I think that, I mean, yeah, come playoffs, Iguodala is going to be a major impact player, but that's the only time uh, a reason, like you said, I, I forgot about that. We found, the insane amount of minutes that Ariza has been playing. And poor guy, on like Phoenix and Washington. I mean, yeah, 
And, uh, you know, another interesting one, or I'm sorry, I didn't say my pick. I think I'm going Iguodala, though. Do well, I- I, I'll agree as well as far as I totally respect that decision, and I'll say of the 30 teams, um, 15 would prefer Iguodala, and those are the playoff teams, and 15 would yeah. prefer, you know, I, obviously there's 16 playoff teams, but whatever 15, I, I'll, I'll give it to Iguodala on that because there's one more team that gets into the playoff than half. So just one more than half of the teams in the league uh, would prefer Iguodala. That's fair. Um, And you know, one other guy that probably doesn't belong in this tier, but I really don't know what tier to put him in is, uh, how do you feel if Bielisa stacks up here? You got two years left. It's just a way cheaper deal. It's two years and uh, 7 million each year. So you're looking about two years, 14, non-guaranteed on the second year. So yeah, this is why I honestly can't get into this really because with the non-guarantee, these are and the the same for a reason. These are essentially all expiring contracts. So I just can't like all I can say about this stuff is like Iguodala is the best playoff player, Ariz is the best regular season player, Nemanja is the best value, I guess you could say, but it's just too specific. Like at that point, if they're on one year deals. I'm not building a team around any of them, so it's like they can only be role players. So tell me, am I in the playoffs? Do I need to save money? I'm in the luxury tax. At that point, I'll tell you, okay, if I'm OKC, I want pneumonia. Uh, it, yeah. You know, if I'm if I'm the Grizzlies, you know, I, you know, probably would prefer Ariza. If I'm the Lakers, I'd prefer Iguodala. You know, I, I don't know. Easily, no, totally agree with you there. Um, I was just trying to figure out a way to put Bielitsa in here. Like we mentioned, there's only so many Kings contracts that worked for this because of all the rookie deals going on. And yeah, I think he kind of fits in this tier. The way that you said it was absolutely perfect. Um, You want to move on to big man here? The King's Pulse podcast is recorded and hosted on Anchor. It is the easiest way to make a podcast and it is 100% free. It gives you everything you need to record, edit all of it so it sounds smooth and professional, and upload it all from your phone and or your computer. They distribute your podcast to every major platform. They give you an opportunity to make some money in the process as well. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Yep, let's jump into uh, some power forwards and centers here. Uh, I actually got these guys you could probably classify as power forwards, but we're in the big men territory now. So how about this one? I thought it was pretty good. The new Julius Randle contract or Aaron Gordon? Huh. Okay. So the new Julius Randle is three years, 62 million, uh, 18 up to almost 20 million. I think that last year is non-guaranteed though. Uh, New York did a lot of those two-year deals. And he is one year older than Eric Gordon, who is 23. There's three years left. And it's actually decreasing his money, is what I'm seeing on Spotrack, of starting at 19 down to 16. I like Aaron Gordon as a player. Um, hmm. If I'm starting, if I'm starting a franchise, which guy would I rather have? Um, I think I'm going Aaron Gordon because I like his potential more than I do Randall. But even then, this is really close. And maybe just the fact that I watched Aaron Gordon in high school is going to make me, is going to do enough for me. 
So for reference, I believe they're within a couple million dollars of each other over the same time frame. Yeah, so Gordon has 21 and a half off of his 80. So he's sitting at about a what does that put it? 50 it's a, it's 59 about 58 yeah. over 3 years for both. Got it. Within within really close. And yet yes, Gordon's is declining, which is an advantage. However, Randall's third year is uh, yeah. not guarantee. So, you which got- matters, but it for our argument of which guy um, am I going with moving forward? If this was the first guy on my roster, I'm not considering that non-guarantee too much. I'm more so just looking for the better player because I think the deals are similar enough. Right. I'm. I meant more that Gordon has the like both of them are trending good. Like they're they're not really problematic in the future. Got so, it. Yeah, correct. definitely agree. Uh, and for me, it's it is Julius Randle. I, you know, I'm just. I've I've told you before I'm I think he's a twenty million dollar a year player and uh, yeah Gordon's fine as well but I just think he disappears I think that he's you know flashy on offense and then maybe it's just being in Orlando that that you know that happens to players in Orlando at times but there's big chunks of the season that I just forget that he's a dude and hmm. I mean this is just. We we both agree, and everyone agrees that counting stats is not the number one way to to measure players. Nowhere close to it. But yeah. in terms of production, and in terms of what you think of Gordon, you think of him as a guy that should be putting up big counting stats. He played more minutes than he did last year, uh, and he reduced his points per game down all the way down to sixteen, which you know is still good, but sixteen points. Seven rebounds, uh, had, had a nice job with uh, improving his assists, but nothing defensively. Uh, not a shooter, can be a little, you know, can be decent at, you know, every, every now and then, but not really a threat from deep. I just, I think Randall gives you so much more. So my counter here is going to be that I think Aaron Gordon is an extremely better defender. I think Gordon was great on the defensive end last year. And I also don't think we've seen Aaron Gordon ever actually utilize correctly. I think if you had a playmaking point guard running a pick and roll with him, he could be great in that way. That's fair. So I definitely agree that he had a much better year defensively. I still don't see him as a defensive force. And I, I just feel like it's a function more of Orlando. Orlando is a good team defensively. That's fair. They are very long. Uh, they've got a decent system. They know how to play defense. They, te- they preach defense. They teach defense. The Pelicans aren't, weren't interested in that last year for sure by the end of the year. The Lakers weren't doing really anything defensively when he was, uh, when Randall was with them. I, I just, and, uh, you know, and to be fair, like the Knicks probably won't do anything on defense this year as well, but I, I don't know. You've got me, you've got me second guessing because he, Gordon definitely improved defensively, but he'd been so bad for so long yeah. on that side of the ball that I wonder, I just wonder if it's a fluke. Whereas Randall just gives you so much, uh, offense. Really freaking close. Like these are very similar players. This was a really good one. Yeah, I, I guess I guess I'm just gonna call this one a draw. And th- this one is really close with 
There was one that you did really early on that I was just basically like. I think it was Jamal Murray D'Lo. Yeah, that's a really good one. There's some of these where it's just like, you know what? This is a wash. I, I can't decide. So uh, this is kind of random, but if you had to create a duo between Jamal Murray and D'Lo and Aaron Gordon and Julius Randle, what is your duo? Man. I think that I'm going D'Lo, Aaron Gordon. Because that's exactly what I was talking about. That I mean, D'Lo's a pick-and-roll guy. I think Aaron Gordon could be a great role man. I mean, Randall's not a bad role man either. That's that's true. I might just go D'Lo, Randall, and and let them just like be the havoc causers on the team, and then fill out the rest of that team. Like at that point, the goal of my team is get good defenders for every other thirteen, you know, all other thirteen spots in the roster. It's just like, listen, we got our we got our guys that are going to create havoc, and we just need thirteen three and D players around them. Yeah. And, I mean, just looking at uh, his synergy page a little bit here, Aaron Gordon, he actually was only used as the role man 34 times all year and was not very efficient in it at all. Um, 23rd percentile. So maybe I got to check myself a little bit here. I mean, but like I said, hardly used in that way. So maybe there's, I I do think that if it was just used more often, he kind of honed that he has potential as a role guy. Yeah, I won't fight you there. I'm going to fight you there. But yeah. uh, moving on, uh, did you have a big one to throw at me? Because I've got two more. Um, I pretty much just – I want to get Deadman in here. So if you feel like Deadman compares to these guys, I would say just include him in this. But throw whoever you got. I got him. Let me throw two more bigs at you. And then the last one I've got is uh, – uh, uh, yeah, it's going to involve Deadman. Can I guess what you have? Is it Clint Capella, Steven Adams? It is not, but that's not bad. Uh, okay. Although, you know, let's do that one really quick because that, that's that's. I just felt like that one was the two guys that we saw like Kings fans debating a lot. It was the two bigs that felt like they were on the market. They both didn't end up moving. Um, Capella's a lot better contract, five year, ninety million, uh, but one year off of that, so he still got four years in about uh, seventy seventy six million. Then with Stephen Adams, he is a bit older. But it's only two years left, and it's about two years, fifty million. So it's more money. Um, but I think Stephen Adams is the better player. I think you're going to see his rebounding numbers go way up this year with Westbrook out of there. Um, he's a big reason OKC was first in offensive rebounds. I mean, same age, and I guess locking it up longer might make me pick Capella because it's just so much cheaper. And I like both of these guys that I like having either of them around for longer. Yeah, to me, so this one is definitely very relevant to Kings fans. Like you said, to me, and, and this is where I did, I ran a poll on this a while back and uh, Stephen Adams won. But for me, it's unquestionably Clint Capella. It's just, I think he's, I honestly think he's a, a better player, not by a ton, but I think he's the better player. I think he's, you know, he's got the lower contract. I think that fourth year at about 15% of the salary cap, that's, I like that. I, I think that's a good thing to have for a, a young guy who's, who's actually a, above average center. So I would take Frank Capella and it's not really a debate for me personally. Got it. I, I, yeah, I ended up picking Capella here. Um, do you feel like Deadman belongs in this at all? I mean, to me, he's probably, he's probably third year. So yeah, the last one I had was I wanted to throw in uh, 
Jonas Valanciunas and uh, Deadman. Okay. Um, hmm. I'm not the biggest Valanciunas fan. I know that his numbers have actually been pretty nice. And I guess it is only a three-year contract, three-year 45, so it's a decent deal. Um, he's probably a better player than Deadman is. I feel like that's that's actually probably fair to say. And is making only three million more. So I, I still think that Capella and Steven Adams are the first two. So the debate comes down to Deadman and Valanciunas. And if I'm starting Again, the roster, go ahead. Oh, sorry. I, I, uh, your audio cut out for a Oh, no worries. It, um, I was saying Steven Adams, Clint Capella are first two and Deadman Valanciunas is a little bit of a debate. But if I'm starting a roster, uh, I'm going Valanciunas over Deadman. There's, there's more potential there. Like we saw what he did, even though it was kind of a small sample in that second half of his year in Memphis. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I, I think that Capella and Adams are in a different world than these guys. Um, you know, a lot of that is the youth. And then, at least compared to Deadman. And then Deadman just has, you know, I mean, he can shoot and Val can't. Uh, Valanciunas cannot shoot it uh, really. So, I, I'm to me, Deadman is giving you pretty much everything that Valanciunas is. He's older, but he's got an extra tool as well. So... I would prefer Deadman. I think most teams would prefer Deadman. There are teams that are built in a way that they could handle Valanciunas uh, at the center without giving you any stretch, and and that's great. But it, it, again, it's a little bit too context specific for me. So um, yeah, I, I think <clears throat> I view these these couples, these groups, as very separate. The Gordon Randall debate, the Capella Adams debate. Yeah. The Valanciunas Deadman debate, but I don't see them as any overlap there. And how do you feel about Brooke Lopez? That four-year, fifty-two million. Uh, Lopez and Deadman are, are a good debate, and I think that I would prefer Deadman because he's more of a he again has, just has more skills to me. Where he's yeah. he's doing more rebounding, he's gonna actually play down low more. Brook is really a perimeter guy at this point. Um, I don't know that he can't do the stuff that Deadman does, but I just haven't seen it as recently. I believe Deadman's younger as well, not yeah, by a ton. Two years younger. But yeah, then the contracts are similar, so I'd prefer Deadman. I think I'm the same here. Um, the two years on Brook and everything that you said, I think that last year was a really good year for him, and I don't think it's going to be quite that same production. I think that you're going to get the same thing from him, but hard, part of it is just him being next to the MVP and Giannis. Um, I would go Deadman, and, and you get a nice little bonus of a non-guaranteed on the third year. Yeah, for sure. Love that. And then that, for me, is it for bigs, unless you've got anyone else. That is all I've got. All right. Then I'm going to run through just three last questions, and these are going to be very disparate. So we're going to have a big and, and a small. All right. And the first two, we I think we both agree are bad contracts. It's Dennis Schroeder or Gorgie Jang. Oh, God. I'm saying Schroeder. Dang doesn't even have any sort of impact on the floor. He won't get minutes. Yeah, Schroeder doesn't I <laughs> Yeah, but I, I can I can put him in a lineup. I don't feel like I can put Gorgie Dang in a lineup. I feel the exact opposite way. Really? I, yep. <clears throat> I think that Dang is is a totally fine minimum level center. Whereas I think that You don't think uh, Dennis Schroeder's a minimum level point guard? I think that he's a negative point guard. I think that he's actively destroying any lineups that he's on. 
Hmm. Okay. Whereas, whereas Deng, you can just throw him in a lineup and it's like, all right, he's a body. I, I don't know. I just, he's not, his usage isn't 30% and his true shooting isn't 40%. So he's not destroying yeah. our franchise actively. Yeah, but I, I guess. I mean, <laughs> either way, you're right. Both of these are just horrendous. It's like 30 million, a little bit more for Dang over two years. I also think that the reason I threw this out there was an exercise. It's meant to say, if you're going to have dead money, would you rather be spent on a big man or a guard? Yeah, and I get that. I just do feel like Schroeder is, will have, like I said, I just don't think Dang can see the floor. I really just, I, I don't see it for him. It's too slow. He just falls asleep. I, I don't like Orji Dang. I, uh, to be clear, I don't like him yeah. either. Yeah, I just like Schroeder clearly more than you do. I mean, this is known. And it's not like I like Schroeder. We've, you've talked me out of this very convincingly and very damn reasonably. Um, <laughs> it's just compared to Gorgie. <clears throat> At the same time, if we're getting rid of this specific argument of, of Schroeder, because I think he's very destructive to a team. Yeah. I mean, I think that it's probably better to have an overpay as a guard just because there are other overpays at guards. You could try to figure something out, swap this guy for that guy, find someone, you know, at least the theory in Oklahoma city was they needed someone to take shots that didn't really work out great. But I mean, he took them. You know, what's interesting also (laughs) in all this discussion with Oklahoma city and, and their future and, all this turmoil, losing Russell Westbrook. I haven't heard Dennis Schroeder's name once this week. Actually, when you mentioned it right now, I was like, oh, he's still on the team. That's crazy, right? Yeah. Every, everyone talked him up all last summer, and they were all wrong. But I, mean, I will say. There's nobody talking about Gorgie Dang. No, you're <laughs> you're right about that. But at least he's equal, at least he's correctly valued at bad. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> he's been consistently valued as a bad player. But yeah. Uh, I think, I just think, I'll, I'll say this, and I might even go with Schroeder here based on your argument. Just that Schroeder, like, this, a center is, if you're not, if you're a minimum level center, there is a hundred of you. Like, there is literally nothing going on. I, I just don't know, like, what about, uh, what if the, so the Celtics, right? Yeah. They have, who's it, Wanamaker? Is he the point guard? Uh, from overseas? Yes, but your backup point guard's Carson Edwards. But, right, so I'm saying last man on the roster. Yeah, would, it would be... Would you rather have Schroeder, Schroeder or Wanamaker? Um, so I'm literally thinking of, like, who's, like, the last guy to make an NBA roster? Yeah. And Wanamaker's pretty close, yeah, I guess. Yeah, he, he's very close. I think... Hmm, maybe Wanamaker, because he knows his role. So that's my point right there. Like, yeah. that, that's how bad Schroeder is in my mind. And Schroeder's being paid, what, 10 times more than Wanamaker? Yeah. Uh, how do you feel if we throw Terry Rozier in here? Uh, I mean, I would prefer Rozier to both. Not on the Even contract. Even one more year? Yeah. Not on the contract. I'm saying, like, it's just on, like, who are you allowing to make this roster? Yeah. Okay. But what about contract-wise? Oh, it's one of the worst contracts in the league. Obviously, it can't be as bad as Wiggins type of stuff, but yeah. it's a disaster complete. 
Okay. So the one more year, because it's not that much different money than Dang and Schroeder. Oh, you're saying Schroeder, Rosier? Yeah, Schroeder, Jang, and Rosier. Christ. Yeah. <laughs> I I think I'm taking Terry. Good Christ. It's one more <laughs> year. I mean, yeah, if this is how you're starting your franchise, you're uh might as well just relocate now. I can't even uh <laughs> I'm not gonna acknowledge that question. Alright, that's fine. That's fine. There, mentally. I would can't I would quit my go, job. I can't get that <laughs> deep. Uh my my mind is broken, so Here's the here's a similar comparison here, com- saying that uh, the Schroeder Dang, the Schroeder Jang, but with players that are good-ish values, right? So the big, small, Bledsoe or Capella. Hmm. Okay. So. So I'm just kind of walking up here. So I'm taking a big yeah. and, a, and a small, and I started with bad contracts. Now I'm going to. Solid contracts, right? Yeah. Just and then I have one. A, I have one that's like max level in, okay. in a second. Just a shout out to uh, bad contracts. Just want to mention Chandler Parsons real quick. But uh, Eric Bledsoe and Clint Capello. So, like we said earlier, Bledsoe four years, seventy, just starting, and you have actually very close to that same money on Clint Capello. It's just a little bit more here. Um, I'm going I, Capello. Yeah. I tried to get two guys that are. Similar, yeah, skill and similar contract. They are very close. Um, and I'm going Capella. I think that uh, having it for a longer amount of time, these being four year contracts, is gonna make it Capella because I think even even by year two he could have a better impact than Bledsoe if he doesn't potentially year one. Um, if these were smaller, maybe I'd pick Bledsoe, Bledsoe, but it's pretty easily Capella for me. You know, I forgot about the age thing, so that breaks this, and it it does make it obviously Capella for me. Uh, I agree with you. I I would try to get guys that are like totally same value, uh, and then talk about is it you know the big small thing because again, I think it is better to have a player like that big guys that are just worth less than than guards on a dollar for dollar basis. So this breaks it. The age difference breaks it. But that was going to be my point. However, I will go Capella. If there, if Capella was the same age as Bledsoe, then I would take Bledsoe. Um, this is a, this is a. What do you think of Andre Drummond next to Clint Capella? He he's only twenty five. Oh, just okay. I thought yeah. you meant next to like on the court. No, I was no, like, no, uh, just no, no. <laughs> no, thank you. Uh, yeah. Comparing the contracts, Drummond and Capella. They're actually very similar in age. I forget that DeAndre or Andre Drummond is only 25 years old. 27 million this year, 28 million dollar player option. You expect him to pick up next year. I think Drummond kind of sucks, low key. I think I he's an understand. amazing rebounder. I think he kind of sucks, and like his defense isn't as amazing as you yeah. hope that it'd be. And the money difference. So money difference for sure, and yeah. I think Capella actually is a better player. Yeah, I'm on board with you there. All right, last one. This is the big finale. And we're talking max guys. And for fun here, they are on literally the exact same contract to the dollar. Uh, and that's because of max money and they were drafted in the same year. Uh, and let's just check their age here. They are within a year of each other's birth. So... This is about as close as you're going to get, 
literally like less than a year age difference, uh, exact same money and skill level. You can decide, but Devin Booker, Ooh. Carl Anthony, Carl Ooh. Anthony Towns. Oh, this is a really good one. Um, Man, you were you really had me guessing on who you were picking too, and I was thinking way older. Hmm. So yeah, like you said, everything's the same in regards to all the numbers you're looking at. Yeah, I mean this these guys. Yeah, legitimately, you can start this your franchise. Crazy. This if we're doing this fran like this is this is like first pick in a fantasy you know fantasy draft. Yeah, you're thirty teams. Two teams are probably going to end up with these options here. And they, again, age, not a big difference. Devin Booker is almost exactly a year younger. It's within a month. So yeah. Booker's got 11 months, you know, less, uh, wear on his body, I guess you could say, however you'd want to say it. Uh, but both, it's a big, small, classic, big, small discussion here. Yeah. Both of them have been playing since 19, too. So they're 23, four years of experience just starting these five years. Super maxes. Um, hmm. Not Supermax, sorry. I'm taking Cat because I think there's more potential. With the length that he has, he's a great shooter. I think that he has more opportunities to dominate and be an impact on the defensive end. He definitely has not been that. I think that he improved in that aspect last year, but he just needs to get a little bit smarter there at some rim protection. But I think that you can go higher with Carl Anthony Towns than you can Devin Booker. Even though I think Booker's a great player, he could become a point guard ball in his hands, number one option even potentially. Um, I just see more opportunity and tools with Towns. Agree. I think Booker sneakily was terrible at shooting the ball last year from three. Sneaky 32% uh, on a huge volume. And then I just, I agree with you. I just think Carl's the better, Carl Anthony Towns, the better player. Not by a ton, but it's very close. And then do you think that either of them could win a championship as the best player at any point in their career? And if so, who has got the advantage there? I do. I think that Cat, because I think he has higher potential. Um, I tweeted this a while ago, and it's pretty crazy. This is when Cat was during his like two-week stretch where he was averaging like 45 points or 40 points-ish on crazy efficiency. Um and not to overreact to a small stri- a sprint or anything, but I just think Cat has higher potential overall and even like could potentially become a top five guy in this league. I think he has a lot of work to do to get there. I don't think it's the most likely he reaches that, but I d- can't say the same for Devin Booker. I think, again, my argument of guard over center when on, on a dollar-for-dollar basis comes into play here because say you got to match him with a big man. Uh, you can get a big man for cheap. You can, I mean, you can get Willie Colley Stein for two and a half. You can get, uh, you know, whoever. You can get, uh, Rashawn Holmes for five, you know, but you can't really do that with point guards. You can't get a competent point guard for cheap. Yeah, that's fair. I, I understand that argument. I just still think I would figure out that point guard pretty quickly if I'm starting my team. Make sure that's another priority. Um, Cat's my centerpiece, though. All right. We're going to get out of here. But bonus question. Super, super last question. Kick one off the Kings, De'Aaron Fox or Marvin Bagley? 
Oh shit! I mean, you have to take Bagley off. We both we yeah. both think that Bagley has a higher ceiling, but Fox is the Kings. He is the Kings, and to me, this is the guard big thing. It's just you yeah. can't replace uh, a plus point guard. You can replace a, a good big. You can replace. You can get a good big for ten million. So yeah, I'm I'm definitely going Fox there. But with that, I think we can wrap it up. If you're angry at us for kicking Bagley off the team, let us know. We understand. Uh, let us know with a nice big five-star review on iTunes. Uh, and please rate and subscribe. That means a lot to us. Uh, get at us at uh, King's Pulse on Instagram, at King's Pulse on Twitter. What else can they do, Brendan? You can email us. You can send us a Morse code message. You can page us. No, our uh, our email is kingspulsepodcast at gmail dot com, and you got everything. I'm glad that you did that. That's it makes it a lot easier on me. I got no shame in doing it, man. I, you know, I think that we work hard, and we're not we're not even asking people to empty other pockets. We don't even have a Patreon yet. We're just saying, hey, man, if you enjoy the show, um, let us know. Let iTunes algorithms know. It helps us out, and we really appreciate it. And we love interacting with. Yes. Uh, all you guys so so please tweet at us get in our mentions um we we love it yeah it, it's like you said it's amazing to interact with with the listeners it makes me push even further to realize that there's an impact people are listening and it's good to hear what other people are thinking i want to know what you think of my opinion i'm sure rich is the same way so contact us in any sort of those ways. We like questions for us to talk about as well. It's getting to a part of the season where we're going to have to be a little creative. You guys could help out with that. There's a Reddit Q&A is probably the best place to post that. Twitter works any of the ways that we said. So follow us on there. And that's going to do it for this episode, guys. I had a really good time with this one. But you will hear from us again in a couple days here. And we have a guest coming on our next episode, right, Rich? That's right. Uh, we got K Diddy who broke some really interesting news, uh, on the day of free agency, uh, that, that evening of free agency, I guess you could say, but he broke it in the morning, uh, last day of June. He put out there that Deadman, uh, in Ariza, there was mutual interest and he was right about that. So we're going to have him on, uh, to record on Thursday. Episode should be out Friday. And then after that, we're going to try to start a preview of all 30 teams going to get some guys from the athletic guys from your favorite podcast uh guys from your favorite sb nation sites all around the league and try to preview all 30 teams yeah i think we we got a good plan for this offseason i'm excited to talk to all those guys gauge the league a little bit and how everyone is feeling about sacramento is going to be interesting to me also um but that's going to do it for this episode guys thank you to everybody for listening you will hear from us again in a couple days here